0: back to another episode of Over a Brew. I'm your host, Cruz Garcia. Um, today's episode, it's going to be um, an awesome one. Uh, all the episodes that I've been doing have just been amazing because of my guests, because of the people that I bring on here. Uh, they bring tremendous value to myself. A little selfish on that, but I'm also aware of the fact that they bring value to you. Today we're sitting with my good friend, uh, Ramon Acevedo, born and raised in Oxnard. Uh, an awesome dude. I uh, had the opportunity to chat with him a little bit um, at a network event. That's where we actually met. And from there, we just clicked. And it's amazing to you know run into people like that. This guy has started a 900 production company, um, which he does film for small businesses. He produces them. He comes up with the concept, and he helps her business grow, which is an awesome thing um you know coming from a service uh, platform and overall he's just a good dude and i'm excited for him to share his story today ramon thank you so much for being here brother thank you, thank you so for much your time.
1: thank you that intro was amazing man thank you <laughs> no yeah well cruz thank you so much man i appreciate you uh inviting me out here to um, shoot this with you and and you know i feel really uh grateful to become your guest bro and wow. i heard the podcasters and i see you doing great things man so i'm super excited to be here
0: ah, thank you, know, you bro awesome. thank you no it's it's, it's a journey mm-hmm. and I'm like I said mm-hmm. I, I'm not just saying that just to blow some smoke but I really I admire you bro for the hard work uh, Andrew, yeah. for the things that you've done so far yeah. and for taking risk you know not mm-hmm. a lot of people do that mm-hmm. not a lot of people just say you know what I'm going to take a risk and believe in myself and, and start something from nothing Absolutely. which is kind of what this podcast is all about nice. is uh, sitting down with people like yourself mm-hmm. that are um, at the at the right of their life, you know, building what they want um, every single day, taking that hammer, those, you know, that piece of wood and just, you know, building their future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember Hilario told me about you. I'm like, "Well, you haven't met Cruz yet?" Because you guys were both video guys, right? Yeah. And then we have the same circle of friends. They're like, "How could you guys not meet each other?" And ever since we met each other, we just clicked right off the back. <laughs> that is so true. Thank you, Ladio, if you're listening to yeah, this. Really, to really appreciate Lottie, bro. you, bro. <laughs> awesome, bro.
0: Um, well, let's get into who you are, bro. Sweet. Yeah. I always start off with um getting to know my guest mm-hmm. as, you know, who they are. Mm-hmm. Um you know introduce yourself
1: absolutely well my name is Ramon Acevedo I am 21 years old a lot of people be like
0: why you're 21
1: you look at least like late 20 years 30 or mid 20s. <laughs> you look 50 <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah I was uh, I was born in Santa Barbara that was my little hometown and moved to Oxnard when I was around seven years old uh, dude do uh because my uh, family actually there was a restaurant um, for sale in Port Wenimi, uh since my dad was working in the food industry for the longest he uh they save them they save up enough money and then they bought this they invested in this restaurant and that's what caused me to move to Oxnard and I was just raised in Oxnard beginning of first grade to you know present time you know and then um so that's where I started from and I'm huge huge on movies Mm -hmm. you know that movies were my thing growing up as a child I don't know about you but me I remember when the first Spider-Man came out uh the Tobey Maguire one man the the feeling movies give me as a kid made me feel like unstoppable. It made me want to feel, it made me feel like if I was an ex Spider Man, you know? So <laughs> movies played a huge part growing up. And then it was not until high school when I realized there was a name for uh, making movies, right? And it yeah. was called being a film director. And mm-hmm. once I heard there, that's a career and that's actually a thing, people actually make a living off of it, I was just like, boom, I want to do that. I don't care what it is, I don't care, I have to go to school for five years, I'm doing it. You know, then I realized it's an art form and the only way I could get good of my art form or really, uh, really uh, working on that creative muscle is actually by doing and yeah. so throughout high school, that's what I did is making short films so I'm, I'm such a creative person even growing up, I, I, the thing about me is I jump from hobby to hobby from painting to origami. I know it sounds weird but as a kid, I love creative things, I love creating things so I'm, or I wasn't. I was doing origami as a kid. I was selling those little paper stars really? to kids. Yeah, <laughs> at school. <laughs> oh man, you,
0: you've been an entrepreneur since you were. Yeah, a
1: kid. yeah. I painted rocks. I built like, I built like little model planes out of like scrap wood. So I was building things, and it was something that satisfied me. You know, so I was a creative bug growing up.
0: Awesome. When did you When did you buy your first camera?
1: Man, honestly, I didn't buy my first camera. I was using my parents' digital camera that they had, and we were filming. I we were filming random things because I got inspired by YouTube as a kid. It was like around fifth grade when I got introduced to YouTube. Okay. Uh, my parents got me a computer because I needed a computer to start typing some you know essays for for my class, and they bought me the computer. Girls, they bought me a printer, and I was just like discovering Google. I was discovering YouTube around two thousand five ish, and then I got obsessed with. Uh, this guy named freddie wong people that know freddie wong he's like an og youtuber he he for, he started out making short films out of video games like those real life call of duty um short films like two minutes long yeah yeah um i got really hooked on that i'm like wow i love video games and they're making it they're making like a uh, live action stuff i was like wow i want to do that and then that's what i did we made a bunch of little war films <laughs> me like me and my cousins wow uh like around like growing up with my digital camera and since i wasn't into, i didn't know how to edit so everything was inter- everything was in camera so for example i had my phone and i rec- i uh, and using my phone i recorded like a voice memo of like this um, uh, kind of like this most, uh, this gunshot effect. So, I, so i recorded myself saying poof, poof, poof. Then I played it right next to the camera while somebody goes like that. So everything was internal, oh, right? And then that was it. I didn't, There was no editing. It was just that.
0: That's it. You only, <laughs> yeah. you only get one shot. That's yeah, you it. only get
1: one shot. That was it. Uh, so it started from that, and then it kind of grew. We kind of did more comedy skits, and then we just had fun with it. And then, don't get me wrong, it wasn't this cool fairy tale where I fell in love and I did that for the rest of my life. No, it was... I was doing video I got frustrated I stopped doing that for a while I did something else Uh, but I always I always came back to video I always came back to editing I always came back to creating something um, when it comes to video related anything Um, because at a certain point we're like okay I can't you know you give up on things you know a lot especially as a kid you get frustrated like okay I give up on that Um, and that's what I did to uh, video editing I did that to shooting little my little films like for the for the longest I give up but I always keep on coming back to it you know and then the more I come back to it the more the stronger I was before yeah. so that's how I progress through that stuff do you
0: think that uh, other things that you were doing such as um, painting rocks or other creative aspects uh-huh. do you think that also played a role of your strength whenever you would come back to filming
1: yeah it's honestly I need to be doing something creative there's there's an itch inside of me that's that wants to come out either it could be painting rocks or doing origami i i have this this itch in me that i want to build something you know Mm -hmm. so i'm such you know i'm a libra i don't know other people (laughs) believe in zodiac signs, but (laughs) libra is like one of the most creative signs out there you know so i need to build something that's it satisfies the most you know i prefer a creative job over any other jobs because it's is this who I am as a person and that's something I can't really change because I found more joy doing that than anything else. So I'm just running with that.
0: Damn. Well I, I wanna get into how you took your creativity and started a business and helping business get their their story out there. Mm. Before we get into that I also want to talk about your parents. I know mm. that you mentioned off air that your parents started a business. Yeah. You know, they moved from Santa Barbara out here to buy a restaurant. Yeah. Tell me about that. How, what were your experience like growing up and seeing them, you know, put in long hours, putting in um, hard work, uh, being there pretty much probably a Monday through Sunday? And what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, so growing up, it's even to this day, my family always, they always brag how hard, hard working, how hard working they are. Because um, they really are, like, my, my parents are Mexican, you know, we're they're really hard working, you know. Mm-hmm. they. Uh, so growing up, my I have four brothers in total including me it's four of us right and they were all guys yeah. they had my first brother which is the oldest around when they were around 20 early 20s and it was a challenge for them they worked a lot so knowing me like when when they wanted to have me I'm the middle child uh, they know they had to be really stable so uh, that's when they uh, did, the, did the big leap and bought the restaurant and for them it was a huge deal because they're investing their whole life savings into this and they don't know if it's going to work Yeah. and then they bought it before 2008 you know oh. so before it crashed before the economy you know the recession yeah. and that stuff um, so there were, they were they bought the restaurant when they were when they had a handful of employees who were working there um, I think it was like nine people like a staff of six people working there right Damn. and now uh, and it was like around 2008 2009 um, they had to fire everyone and they had to do it themselves because they couldn't really uh, you know afford paying everybody because you know you know about the thousand, and yeah. thousand nine. and um, that, so they work their ass off. Even though they feel like they made it, boom! They just they started from the bottom. I feel like they started from the bottom, getting worked their way up. So, they they taught me um, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. Um, we went from living in this huge house to getting kicked out and moving back to our little house. You know, because I yeah. remember I still have this clear, uh, vi- uh, clear memory in my mind where the was this guy in a suit who was just knocking at the door kicking us out pretty much that thing was the bank the bank or someone and my mom used to just cry like to the front door because they don't leave there so that clear memory really uh stuck my mind for the longest and i realized the value of being financially uh, stable you know i see the power of what money could do and that really motivated me to really start my business and really open up something that where uh, I don't want my kids to see me like that, you know, yeah. struggling. So I, I'm doing this for, you know, the future of, you know, my kids and, you know, the future of, you know, even my family right now, supporting them right now. So so entrepreneurship was always a big thing. And I'm very ambitious too. Like I, if I want to get something done, I'll get it done. I don't care how hard it takes, you know. And I don't mind losing. That's yeah. the thing. People are afraid of failure. I don't. Like for me, I have nothing to lose. You know, I, I'm when I was... I, I'm young, so I have the, the advantage that I have that a lot of people don't have is time. You know, I, I don't want to be five years down the line and think to myself, wow, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. No, I'm just going to do that now and save me a bunch of headaches later on. Just do this now. Do all the mistakes I do now. I'd rather fail, fail a thousand times, you know, because every failure is a lesson that be learned. So mm-hmm. that's the way I operate when it, when it comes to entrepreneurship. And my, that's what the par- my parents taught me a lot so they taught me the value of money and how powerful it could be
0: dude like that's just trying to paint a picture of your your mom going through and your family going through that Mm -hmm. that uh that uh state in their life where Mm -hmm. almost being kicked out of your own home Mm -hmm. especially home where you feel protected you feel secure you feel um that no one can just come in and and remove something from you, Yeah. right? Yeah. And to see that, that's that's crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, there's, again, there's other stories how, like, my parents' accounting really fucked them over, you know, the, their bookkeeping right yeah. there. Like, there was problems towards that. Um, and then, you know, a lot of financial stuff I see going on, a lot of problems my parents went through that, it taught me, like, wow, well, I don't want to go through that. Yeah. You know, so always learn from your parents because, you know, they are your biggest, you know, life coaches as you could say yeah. you know, Even to this day they always give me advice either if i'm talking to girls or to, to I, if i have questions about taxes they answer them you know they're just life coaches they're
0: there for you yeah they're there yeah. for you, you know even if they don't even know the answer even just having that support yeah absolutely. which which brings me to this question when you told them that you were starting a business how did they take that
1: they're like oh that's cute because <laughs> I always, because I had many businesses. This is not my first business. Okay. I had like a private label brand on Amazon. I sold aprons and stuff for the while, for the longest. And they actually, they actually were the ones that gave me money to fund that, to fund that the whole business venture I, I went through. Um, and it did pretty good, even though my last unit kind of did pretty bad. But it's you know learning. But I don't, here's the thing: they're not really too supportive they're not cuz you know why cuz they're really traditional they want me to go to school become a doctor and stuff cuz that's um, again they're I'm first generation here so they're they're born uh they're raised in Mexico so um living in a really poor uh, uh town the they look at they look at lawyers they look at doctors as successful people yeah. so when coming over here they want me to become one of those you know, even though here the culture is a little different, you know, a lot of people don't see doctors as successful, they look at these millionaires, these freaking startup companies successful, so my parents are really traditional like that, so they always wanted me to become a, to go to school, to go to a university, the traditional 4 university, which I, I didn't, I didn't end up going, but, um, so they, they're supportive, but they're like, I oh, will see, I don't know. You know, they're kind of iffy about it still to this day, you know. But here's the thing. It's super hard to uh, satisfy them because they're, uh, they just, they push me. To, they always push me. So, I don't want them to be satisfied either because yeah. for me, there's no, they they drive me. You know, they're like, oh, you made like, for example, you made five grand this month. Oh, that's cute. You know? <laughs> that's cute because they, they push me. Yes. They always want to see me grow, grow, grow. Which is good. Yeah. That's, it's
0: good that you have people that, raise the bar for you yeah, that have high expectations absolutely. because if if we didn't have that mm-hmm. if we didn't have people like that in our life mm-hmm. who expect more out of us mm-hmm. um lucky enough we have our parents just like you mentioned yeah. and my parents as well they're very supportive um it's great to have those individuals yeah. even
1: people that don't have parents the power of even having teachers yes. mentors those mm-hmm. are powerful like i had uh, throughout high school uh, a lot of high school kids they really kind of they don't give a fuck about their teachers and yeah. i was the opposite i want to have a one-on-one conversation with my teacher with my art teacher with my business teacher uh all throughout high school because those are the people that taught me a lot of lessons especially my my film uh, professor in high school my video video production class i got super even to this day he's we we go out to eat lunch together to this wow. day and then he just he always i have one on instagram he's always looking over my stuff and then we keep in touch. So having mentors either in high school, college, or even outside of that, even your bosses could be your mentor. Have those people around you because those people are going to, they're going to build you. They're going to push you. They're going to make you feel uncomfortable, but that's what you want. You want to feel comfortable. You want to uh, outgrow your shell, you know? So even because there's a lot of people that don't have parents, you know, that's a thing. Um, but it's okay. Like there's, again, teachers. Um, they're, I mean, I, I feel bad for high school teachers because they go through so much shit, and they, yeah. they, uh, I definitely believe they should get paid more for what they're doing. You know, because they're really benefiting the society. They're really helping society mm-hmm. by um, you know giving up their time and just being a teacher is super
0: important. I I agree I agree with you. I was having this conversation not too long ago with someone, and we were talking about that. We were talking about the value of being a teacher, especially for me. You mentioned high school. For me, it's elementary, Mm, you know, from first grade, from kinder to fifth grade. Mm -hmm. That's where, as a teacher, you're able to shape, mold the mind of that kid. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, I think that they should be, teachers overall should be paid a lot, but I feel like those teachers specifically that take that that role, those are the teachers that I believe should be put on a pedestal, the ones that are actually out there. Looking out for the best interests of the other their students, not the ones that are, hey, I'm here to collect the paycheck. Every single yeah. student here is just a dollar sign, and I need you to make sure that all these all these seats are filled. Absolutely,
1: Absolutely. you know I think yeah.
0: that school system needs to change a little bit. Oh yeah, and introduce a lot a lot of different activities like yeah. empower creativity, empower imagination, empower mm-hmm. meditation, empower oh, yeah. you know. Uh, self-discipline, empowered mm-hmm. love, yeah, empowered empathy, sympathy, you know, mm-hmm. gratitude. Yeah, because I feel that in today's world we we take those things for for granted. Yeah,
1: there's there's a handful of things that I wish they uh, they teach you in high school and in school in general before heading off to college. It's one how to deal with your emotions, how to yes. deal with your thoughts, how to stay calm under pressure, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh my God, we it's super important. Uh, to know that stuff especially going out there in the real world and the adulthood and all yes. that stuff and also our fan uh, finances like anything because I have so many questions about taxes and all that stuff um, even to this day I still have questions like that yeah. so learning stuff like that in their school is super important and Oxford High School was actually I went to Oxford High School shout out to uh, Yellow Jackets <laughs>
0: it's crazy I first in and my high school was, uh, Yellow Jackets really yeah. okay
1: that's funny that's funny um yeah, Oxnard High School was the only high school at the time to offer business classes, a business academy throughout the whole uh, high schools in the district. So I was really lucky to to be in one to be in one of those schools that they offer that stuff. And the stuff I learned, I took a marketing class, took a personal finance class, and I, to be honest, I had one of the best teachers out there that really um, wasn't there to. She wasn't there to be my friend. She was there to be. A mentor mm-hmm. you know she didn't let any any kid get close to her like personally because yeah. she always had like a, a professional kind of, yeah, professional but like she pushes us to the, the limits you know so um, again having classes like that are super important in high school to really it sets a really good foundation um, growing, oh, yeah. up, growing
0: up definitely and which actually leads me to this question for you mm-hmm. uh, I see how patient you are okay, yeah okay. I admire it. And just your presence. You yeah. seem like a very relaxed, yeah. chill uh, type of guy. Gotcha. Um, in today's world especially. In mm-hmm. today's world where hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Gary Vaynerchuk or yeah. Gary V for those people. Mm-hmm. That uh, he's all talking about hustle, push yourself. If you're not working sometimes 16 hours a day, then you're not, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, go and get it. But he also talks about patience. Awesome. About falling in love with the process yeah about it doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter when you started if all that matters is to start and just keep grinding um i can say that i'm guilty of it sometimes where i just want things instantly instant gratification yeah but i also try to remind myself that things take patience Mm -hmm. things take time things Mm -hmm. take effort things take you know hard work Mm -hmm. how do you manage to deal with all that stuff
1: well, here's the thing. Patient wasn't patience wasn't a thing that came to me naturally. It's something that I learned uh, over time. and something that could be taught. Um, so naturally, I'm not. I'm super impatient. That's the thing. But I learned to be patient. That's something that I learned through meditation, through a lot of mostly. It's something that you learned more through your spiritual self. Um, getting to know yourself more as a person. Me- I could say meditation taught me so much, um, and then. Days that I don't meditate are, like, one of my worst days where I'm just very, just, like, everything bugs me. I'm very emotional if I don't meditate. Because it's just, I don't know, I get mad easier. (laughs) (laughs) Because, again, meditation taught you how to be really calm within yourself. And think back and and think about things before you make any decisions. Um, And, I don't know, the thing I believe in, everybody has their own clock, I should say. Everybody has their own time. For example, this guy... Really became famous and he made a lot of money in his early twenties, because uh, that's his time, that's his clock, and that's his success means something uh, different than it does to you. Your success means something totally different than other people, um, and maybe it's just not your time yet. You know, yeah. um, you gotta really. The longer you wait, the more sweet success feels, and that's how uh, I like to think about it. So the longer I wait, I know how uh, the sweeter success will feel like if that makes sense yeah. you know so that's whole that's my whole theory about it um but being patient is key being persistent is key um don't you don't want things too fast cuz it's not going to feel as good as you wait you know um that's the thing for me it's just it's a waiting game you know it's again it's a, it's a marathon it's not a sprint mm-hmm. you know that's why so because throughout high school I actually run marathons and yeah. that I I have so much respect for people that run marathons because their, their certain type of mindset is totally different. It's, they're a whole different type of breed, you know? Have you ever run a marathon? No, I ever? haven't.
0: I Actually, am um, thinking of doing one. I was thinking of doing one this year. Mm-hmm. We're still, like, three months away. Yeah, three months away from mm-hmm. Santa to the Sea, mm-hmm. right? So it's a half nice. marathon. Half marathon, nice. And I really want to sign up for it because of my mental challenge. Not oh. more my physical mm-hmm because i think it all starts up here yeah oh yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah it's i ran a half marathon man it's tough it was it 12 miles right for I a probably half 13 yeah. yeah yeah um yeah that's yeah it's it's a mental game it definitely is and it you could incorporate that mentality into your everyday life too yeah. so running doing stuff like that really taught me about my um uh, to be patient you know and it's step by step you know it's funny because one of my buddies and his name is david right here yeah. uh he um his whole thing was uh think big work small so you have, have big dreams but do little actions every single day to do it oh i know? like that yeah you know? so i love that you know i just love that saying and it's super true you don't have to do everything one day you know just take little steps but every single day mm-hmm. and but have big dreams about it too so It's like when you go to the gym,
0: right? Mm -hmm. I I like the analogy of gym, going to the gym, being fit, or doing some sort of sport. I think sports can teach us a lot about life. Uh, I was listening to a podcast, uh, I was sharing with you off-air, Jay Shetty and Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. And just little things every single day. Going to the gym, shooting a thousand shots. Going to the gym, starting from five pounds, and then little by little, You start increasing weight, and all of a sudden you're like, "God damn! Like I can bench twenty pounds, I can lift twenty pounds, I can, you know, I can squat X amount." And you, but when you first started, you were like, "I I can never do this. Absolutely, I can never lift two two plates. I can never squat that much weight." Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, Right. I think also patience. uh, It's also reflecting on how far you've came.
1: Absolutely,
0: Because sometimes we get distracted on where we're going yeah. and never look back as yeah. to what we've done. Yeah. I think there's a saying by, who was it, Steve Jobs, you can only connect the dots going backwards. You can mm-hmm. never connect the dots going forward. Absolutely. Right? So Absolutely. you can always see where you started and where you, you know, maybe had some sort of um, a discouraged moment, a letdown, a yeah. putdown that... Put you where you're at today, you know. So, you know, with that, it's. I know that you shared a little bit about a breakup that you dealt with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love breakups. (laughs) Breakups are awesome. (laughs) They're
1: really they not like, not just breakups, but any traumatic moment in your life. Yeah, it's super. It's crucial that because that's part of. That's part of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, do you regret, you know, this and that? I was like, no, like, everything's perfect. It's supposed to be like that, yes. you know? Because it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here doing this, you know? I wouldn't be here doing this and stuff and stuff. So, like, any traumatic things in your life, if you're going through it right now, it's it's fine. It's perfect. You're like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to go through that yeah. right now. Because where, it's, where, it's where that's going to take you, it's somewhere that you never imagined you could be doing, you know? So, what, like... I can, everything's perfect uh, don't think your life is bad because you're going to do this and that like no it's you're supposed to go through it it's honestly it's it's just fine like it's totally normal just uh, continue and use that as energy use as motivation use as drive
0: how do you manage to stay positive or keep that drive mm-hmm. or keep that mental image of this is this is supposed to happen this way mm-hmm. when that traumatic event took place mm-hmm. when the person you loved left you When the person who you trusted, you know, let you down, the Mm -hmm. person that you thought would never put you down or never um, uh, hold you back Mm -hmm. is actually doing that.
1: Gotcha. Or when you
0: go through that that event, how do you manage to stay grounded and say, you know what, this is an adversity that I have to face. And after this, it's going to get better.
1: Here's the accountability.
0: Okay.
1: You, it's all up to you to, you have, you literally have the power to feel like a bum or you know feel great it's up. everything's up to you and once I learned that lesson about being uh, to have accountability everything changed mm-hmm. like I could literally if if I want to be sad all day and sit in the couch all day like it's it's that's an option like you could I could do that or I could wake my ass up to, and go to the gym do this and that and feel great you know it's all up to you and it's it's hard right but it's just it's just habits incorporating those habits. And it's all perspective too. You know, you're you could always think in a negative way, um, if you, th- you if you choose to think that way. Or you could always uh, have the option to cho- to look at it in a positive way. And what do you want to choose? You know, what yeah. it's all up to you. It's accountability. You know, so it's all what you want to do. And once I found that, I found that out, I was like, man, like you. That's when you start making a change. That's when you start eliminating bad habits and incorporating good ones because it's all about once you have a clear direction where you want to go you're going to go there mm-hmm. and you got to figure out ways to do it either by incorporating habits or taking out old habits that wasn't working and replacing them with them new ones so accountability is key for that and find a clear vision vision is key if you envision yourself being happy you eventually you're going to work your way towards that or you envision yourself having a million dollars you're going to wait towards that i do believe in the law of attraction at a To a certain point i believe action is way more important of course it's way you know it's more way more important but a lot of people just think that things are going to go no take uh take action you know it shouldn't be a big a big leap it should be little actions by changing the habits you have because habits make up your whole life whatever you do now is because of the habits you incorporate in your life so let's try to like change these habits tweak it just a little bit uh, do things differently every single day um, and then the outcome will be where you wanted to be. The habits that really align you to your goal. Mm-hmm. So um, have a clear vision, and then uh, look at things in a different perspective. Cause you and oh my bad, accountability. <laughs> you yeah. know accountability, and then a, a good sense of vision, and that's all you need. Yeah. I believe, and that's what helped me out. Um, and it all starts from the mind. You know, it's all it's all about mindset, and I believe meditation really caught, really uh, made me relax and really think think uh, things out and and meditation also played a big factor of really um, choosing the right things you know it really put me in my calm state um, it's funny because I I was listening to this uh, it was kind of like this it was a podcast um, this guy he went to uh, he went to become a monk he went to one of those retreats where they teach you how to become a monk they shave your head all that stuff and he told and he was saying that on his first day there uh, he was in this class and the teacher there was like he was eleven years old. He was a kid teaching these. Years yeah, old. absolutely. And then he was just and the guy was super shocked. Like, what the heck what is this? What, what is this kid gonna teach us, right? Uh, so he was curious, and so he sat there, and then uh, the kid was actually teaching him how to breathe. And then the guy was like, "Why would he teach us how to breathe, right?" And then the kid was talking about the first the first thing you do when you're born is breathing right you, you're, that's the first thing we naturally do when we're, okay. we're, we're born right and that's also the last thing uh, last that's the last thing uh, we do when we uh, when we die you know is breathe so that's the first thing and that's the last thing we do um, and learning to control your breathing is connected to your emotions when you're scared you breathe a certain type of way mm-hmm. uh, when you're nervous you, you have different type of patterns yeah. um, again once you're just, uh, scared you're nervous happy they're all uh your emotions determine your breathing patterns yeah. if you control your breathing patterns or so you control your breathing you can control your emotions mm-hmm. you know and that's why a lot of people do I do that too when I go into a sales meeting and I'm super nervous because I don't know what to expect um, I just control my breathing and it, could, it puts me in this calm relaxed state of mind and, I, and so it, I just find that super fascinating how your, your breathing could really control your emotions and how that's the first thing he learned when he went to that monk school is to control your breathing
0: that's awesome Right. I, I learned that as well in, uh, in yoga. Yeah. In yoga, even when you're doing a specific movement, mm-hmm. they always tell you focus on your breathing. They don't yeah. tell you to focus on what's the next position, what's the next movement, mm-hmm. controlling your breathing.
1: Yeah. Even when
0: your heart's racing, mm-hmm. even when it's pounding, you're still just managed to control that. And I think, like you mentioned, it's all in perspective. Yeah. Right? Because you go into a client, mm-hmm. first business meeting, never met this person, you're nervous. Mm-hmm think who I don't know who said this I think it was a basketball player when you're nervous and when you're excited it's the same emotion mm. it's just on how you see things mm. right okay. if I see like I'm nervous uh, things are gonna go like crap mm. Well, you start breathing differently you start yeah. like feeling more nervous mm-hmm. but if you look at it from I'm excited I'm excited for the outcome I'm excited to be here you start implementing different things in your mind and you start controlling that emotion of excitement. Right mm-hmm. Now I try to reverse engineer my mind to say, if there's something that is uncomfortable for me and I start feeling nervous, mm-hmm. I rewire myself and say, I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm excited about this. And it's okay if you're nervous, but just say, you know, I'm excited. This is gonna go great it's going, I'm going to learn from this kind of how you mentioned that there's an adversity I'm going to learn from it Absolutely. I, I go through this process I'm going to learn from it mm-hmm. and yeah I think breathing is one of the hardest things to do mm-hmm. and because especially when you're mad you yeah. can just tell Yeah. why do you think people who smoke cigarettes are calm it's not the, the tobacco yeah maybe it is maybe yeah. some of the stuff that it has cool. in there but it's their breathing yeah. they, inhale, they inhale and they exhale wow right yeah
1: absolutely. i never saw that so again. you
0: think about yeah. it if you did the same thing that that person that is smoking outside but without a cigarette you just go you inhale and you exhale for five minutes wow. you just see a completely change of attitude
1: bro you blow my mind right there so <laughs> that's <laughs> insane absolutely and going back to athletes um I always admire athletes because they perform under such pressure, and they're the ones know they know how to control their emotions better than anybody else. If you mm-hmm. look like at Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all these top athletes, they're they control their emotions better than anybody else. I couldn't. There's no way I could control my emotions when I'm throwing a free throw shot, and it's the finals, and people are screaming my name, people are booing, people are excited, yeah. and then you determine the game with this uh, with this, this shot. shot right here, that that mindset is what I admire so much and I read this book about Relentless*, like I told you about yeah. off air. Um and they, they break down the, the minds of these athletes and they're these, these athletes they've done it so many times um, back to back to back every day in the court practicing their strategy knowing what they have to do where they're on once they're on court actually playing the finals in the game like in the moment they don't think everything's based off instinct so if they if they think just for a little bit or they let emotions uh, take uh, take their control, they're done, you know? So all these, like, hardcore motherfuckers, like Koi, Brian, and them, they're they're emotionless. They're there to win, period, leave, all right, what's the next thing, yeah. you know? So they don't think. Everything's based on instinct because they've done it so many, many times yeah. where it's just drilled in their head, you know? It's like, it's just, it comes naturally yeah. for them. They don't have to think about it. They're uh-huh. like, boom, 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 and that's it. Second no emotions. Age. Yeah, okay. so... Now you understand why they're so calm under pressure now because for them, it's their nature. That's what they're supposed to do. And that's I want to get to that level eventually when it comes to my salesman. I want to do it so many times where I could close anybody like that and not get nervous or not get nervous uh, saying this high number, this high ticket number and stuff. So I believe that mindset only comes through, again, patience, consistency and then like repetition. You know, you have to do it over and over until it drills in your head because how are we we? we listen to our uh, we know the lyrics to our favorite songs because we hear it over and over and over and we attach the emotion behind that you know and that's what you're supposed to do whatever you're good at do it over and over and over and, and i can
0: find joy out, out of doing it let's talk about your your, your business awesome yeah, yeah awesome. where do you see that going and how'd you get started with that so i actually started not that long ago i'm actually
1: new to this game or the business world um I started in 2018 no yeah 18 in December of 2018 so the last month right so how long how many months are we in here now like we were like 11 months in 2019 mm-hmm. right so it's almost been a year since I started my company and the reason why I started my company is because the frustration that I was going through in the film industry yeah because when I graduated high school um, I jumped I went straight into the 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 film industry I worked for uh, the Lifetime network for the for a while I was a production assistant I worked on dozens of uh, movies uh, TV movies for Lifetime because they're all women empowerment I wrote, I pitched a lot I wrote a lot um, I worked on a Star Trek commercial oh wow yeah I worked on again I worked a couple of commercials so I was familiar with the industry and I was super happy because man I'm doing what I love to do. Um, but I wasn't satisfying because I was still I was I felt so close to my dream but yet so far because yes I'm working in the film industry I'm working with these top directors and stuff but I don't I'm not nowhere near close to them right? Yeah. where I want to be there's no coming up the ladder yes you probably move as a director assistant but that's all you get that's all the jobs you get I'm telling you this because I had a, I have a couple of buddies that they work there uh, same position I was, but only difference that I was eighteen at the time, and they were in their late forties. They already graduated from the most prestigious film school out there. They already got like all the you know these they they graduated with the best you know film degrees and stuff, but they're still doing PA work, production assistant work. And again, I was eighteen, and they're like forty five, and they were doing the same job. So I knew something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. I knew something was uh, corrupt in the in the film industry. So. Again, you're always going to get jobs. You don't. There's no moving up the ladder. If you want to become a director, go out there and direct. Period. If you want to be a writer, go out there and write. So that's the only way you could get in into it. And also, and that's what I did. That I went out. I stopped working there. I produced. I wrote my first feature film. Um, I went out there. I was. We shot twenty five percent. But here's the thing, I need money to make a movie. You know. Yes. I I got I got out with it. I mean I went. Through, I got I, the reason why I got. 25% into it is because a lot of people were doing it out of love, right? But, you know, since every, I'm working with everybody's schedule, there's been months, there's been three months where we didn't shoot a single day because everybody's busy with their own schedule, right? And then I realized, I've been on sets where we, everybody wasn't getting, nobody was getting paid, everybody was doing out of love. And i also been on sets where people were um, were getting paid just a little bit, maybe like $12 an hour. Uh, but there was a huge difference. The way they act when people get paid on say is way different than people that's doing it just for love, you know. Um, so I realized, man, I need money. I need capital. So out of that, I kind of, I kind of, um, I was like, okay, how do I monetize when I'm good at? You know, I'm making. I've been making videos for the my whole life, and I'm pretty good at it. Um, if not, I knew people that do it better. Um, so I was like, okay, how do I monetize from this? So I started out. I was like, okay, my first business plan was like, you know what? I'm gonna tackle uh, music videos. Cause I did music videos on how hard, how hard could it be to start a business like that? And I heard stories that people become successful as, you know, music video directors and eventually they converted into film directors and stuff. So that was my route. Then I realized, man, that's not what the money's at. Uh, A lot of these artists, they're broke, you know, these these are struggling (laughs) artists. They're not going to pay me like that. I'll get lucky if they pay me like $500 for a music video. Yeah. Um, so I had to change my whole business perspective, um, and gotta go where the money's at, and then the money right now is in businesses and helping them grow using video, because um, that's where we're we're shifting to the digital era. So everybody needs video within their company if they want to grow, because video builds trust, it builds that one on one connection. Um, a lot of again Gary V is huge on content. You gotta have content out there, out there because it's, it's super important. Like if you don't have content out there or any digital presence, uh, within the next five years you're you. Basically a nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. So I realized there's an oper- there's a market there and I could attack it with video. So that's what I did. But here's the thing. I need to learn sales. I like, okay, business owners is one of the most toughest people to sell on because they know, they know. They could spot a salesman right off the back. because, yeah. you know, they're business people. They know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I got to learn sales. And then I put my head down for like three months reading every single book. I had mentors online. I Hilario was honestly one of the awesome people that was honestly, I could say he was mentoring when I was starting up. Um, he recommended the best business books and all this and that. Um, so once I st- studied, uh, sales, like, okay, I know how to close people, but now my biggest problem is like, okay, how do I generate leads now? So now I like, now I could close anybody, but now how do I get people, you know, into my meetings now? So that was a whole new, whole other thing that I had to tackle into, uh, I had to tackle into networking, uh, go to these networking events. Cause I was such, I was a introvert. For the longest, but then I realized you can't be introvert in this world if you want to be a businessman. You gotta be an extrovert. You gotta learn how to talk to people, and that was something that I uh, discovered recently. Where I like, I love talking to people. You know, I love getting to know other people and build relationships for the you know for the long run. So it was it was perfect for me, and now I go to like several uh, business events every week. You know, and that's where I get the most of my clients. So. Now I'm huge more on the business side of it. But since I was so focusing on that, I'm lacking my video side, my creative side. And I haven't been that active. I haven't held a camera. I haven't shot a video in the longest now because I've been so focused on my business side. And that's where I was like, you know what? I can't do this myself. Like 99% of businesses fail because we all wear the same hats and they you gotta wear you you tend to hold on to the hats the longest. You're kinda scared to let it go because you were because oh that might he might he doesn't he might not produce the same quality that i will produce you know but that's something that i was so confident within my editors and my my video guys because i worked with them in my, they worked on me in my short films we had this creative bond that we like there's you know there's certain people out there that you just, just you, you, you you connect with them you understand them and that's that's what i did so i hired them now so my i hire my best friends to work with me so when i i learned to delegate now like my position within my company is just to bring in sales bring in leads um so i could provide work for my my friends and stuff yeah as in like editors and video guys they do all the work and then i'm like kind of the creative director where i decide like oh this is video needs more tweaking we got to give another like revision to it uh maybe i don't like the music of this let's change it up stuff like that but honestly i love what i do because i use my passion to tell the world about yours you know so Mm -hmm. i like i believe one thing that we offer, I offer within my company, it's called a video business card. Um, now, a lot of people think about, when they hear video business, cards, like, oh, it's a video of a hologram of the talking, right? It's not that, it's a video, it's a three to two minute video of, um, that retakes really the customer within your journey and really um, learning more about you, what makes you unique, what makes you different, what do you offer within two to three minute uh, video. And that video is perfect for um, creating cold leads into warm leads or even to hot leads because you really expose yourself and you're you're really standing out uh, from your uh, your competition right uh, for me I use that I have a video business card for my, for myself that I put in the signature of my email so once I'm talking to, I emailing a client they see this picture of me with a huge play button that says click here and, you know, as humans, we tend to see faces and we click on it because it's video. We tend to click on video more than we do to yeah. a thousand word blog. So once they click on me, it goes straight to my website. That's the first thing they see is a video of me. They click on it and they're like, wow, this guy is so unique and so different than everybody else. I'm going to work with them. And I love the, uh, the video business card. So you could use that video business card to speed up your sales process. So imagine you have a bunch of clients. Um, uh, your, your sales process is like, okay, you, you, you generate the lead, you get the client you take them through a meeting, you persuade them to work with you, um, and once they work with you, cool, that's it. What if we can speed that up? What if we you send that video to your client before they meet you? So right off the back, they already gain your trust, they already understand you fully, and they already, the, the a bunch of questions that they have, they already answer within that video. You know, And then right off the back, the sell is so easy now. So that saves you a lot of time, and I can help speed up that sales process. Because ninety nine percent of people, no, pe- the reason why people don't buy from you is because um, they're confused. Like a confused mind doesn't buy. When we buy something, we understand why it does, why it does fully, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the reason why people don't buy from you because they don't understand you fully. Yep. They don't understand the message you're trying to communicate. And a lot, of, a lot of people ask me, okay, how do you know this video is effective? Uh, well, first of all, like it's whatever you're doing to make that client uh, buy from you. I'm just taking that piece of you and just put it into a video. So my question is. Well, it's already working. Whatever you're, whatever you're saying to generate these clients, to, to persuade them to buy from you, I'm just taking that good piece of you and just put it into a video. I'm not making no crazy video. I'm not making anything up. Everything I'm getting within you and just put it into a video. And now I want to show the world about you and that will speed up the self process. So there's a lot of reasons why I believe a video business card is uh, like one of the most important things uh, within the business and the most powerful tool you could have. And I believe every business should have one. And that's huge on me. Because, again, it's so exposing that story, you know? So, again, that's my uh, that's my whole thing with my company. It's helping businesses grow using video in the most effective way. Because a lot of people, they don't... They use video, but for the wrong reasons or in the wrong way. Are you fucking tired about... Let me tell you this. Are you tired of those car dealerships where it's nothing but random-ass drone shots that doesn't do anything to tell yes. a story, you know? Yes. They hire their, their nephew that got a drone for Christmas to come film this because they got a drone. And then it doesn't does it represent them you know for me i like to sit down with my clients and actually believe in them believe in their vision believe what they have to bring on the table um, and actually go out there and capturing them you know um so i'm there's a lot of people there's a, a lot of videographers out there where they uh, they're kind of doing the same field i mean they're kind of have the same niche market about uh doing video for businesses but here's the thing like for me i really want to get them results i really want to get them res- uh, uh the results they need results they want i'm not here to make any silly video if you if you're here to make a video that you want a silly video you could go with somebody else because i'm not doing it i want to get your results period yeah you get in
0: business yeah Yeah. and
1: then then, um, i'm passionate about it i'm huge i'm a huge entrepreneur like i'm an entrepreneur uh first and then i'm a video guy um but here's the thing here's my long term here's the purpose behind my company yeah again it's to build capital to eventually start making my own movies once i feel like i'm uh I'm making enough money to invest in the, to make a film, I'm, I'm gonna go do that, and, uh, and then make a movie um, and do my own marketing. I'm not going to the traditional route of going to Warner Brothers, be like, hey, I made this movie, uh, they buy 50% rights to it, or blah, blah, and they, you only get 5%, whatever it makes, and it blows up, and you only get 5%, you know? Uh, I'm doing my own digital marketing, I'm doing everything myself. Uh, and that's the goal with the company, is eventually start producing movies and self-distribute them online. You know, half the marketing dollars, half of the 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 budget will be just marketing dollars and go to promote the movie online. Um nowadays you could sell things in nowadays we could sell things on Amazon uh and run an ad and people will buy from, right? You could do the same thing with video, with movies. You know, YouTube Red, uh there's uh Amazon Prime and all that stuff. You could do that. You could do your uh, sell your sell your movies like if there were products, you know. But here's the thing about these movies they're unlimited. They're never going to go anywhere. You just have to make it once and that's it. You know, it's just passive income from there. So I believe there's a good market and then I want to make certain type of movies out there. Um, I'm huge on, um, well, let me tell you this. Don't you find it uh, interesting that there hasn't been any any, like good like Mexican-American film out there? Mm -hmm. You know, we look at the 80s and 90s. We look at Selena. We look at La Bamba. We look at Blood and Blood Out. All these authentic movies, Mexican-American movies out there. But ever since the early 2000s, or 2000s until present day, there hasn't been any movies like that, you know? Yes, we have, like, Coco, which is a, did amazing. Even by the numbers, there's an audience for looking for movies like that. Uh, we have movies like Lowriders. I, I, I truly believe it's very whitewashed. It's very... Because it's a high-budget movie. That means there's a lot of filters they had to go through. So yeah. they had a It kind of loses its authenticity... Yeah. Uh, over time. So I want to be... I want to be telling stories about because I'm fascinated by the Mexican-American culture, the Chicano culture here in America. Yeah, like, these gangbangers you see on TV that, you know, Trump says they're, you know, bad men and stuff. Yes. I'm actually really fascinated by them. I'm really fascinated by the East LA culture, the Chola culture, and I want to make stories about it. Like, I want to make a story about these two uh, like this old lady and this, this old man, actually fall in love, you know? That would be a cute-ass story. I imagine yeah, seeing yes, dude. The, uh, I'm, I'm
0: picturing it right now. Yeah, yeah,
1: so, like, stories like that that need to be told, you know? And I believe... Um, And I'm working on a story right now that I believe it's very, um, it's powerful. You know, Um, I get, I want to see more Mexican American films out there. I want to see couples, immigrants falling in love in America during the Trump era. I want to see movies like that. Oh, that that would be good. Yeah. I want to see movies where like the field workers and have to go through the family and just family drama. Like I want to see more stories like that. I want to shine lights to those stories. Stories that I want to see were when I was a kid. So those are the type of movies I'm, gonna be, I'm we're going to specialize in within the next three years is making those type of movies. Because those type of movies are need to be told, and it's super important. Yes. Like, let me tell you the, the most powerful thing about storytelling. Um, you look at the modern-day cowboy, you look at a, uh, when you think of cowboys, you probably think of this hero, a cowboy with like their cigarette, they go, they save the day, they get the girl, they ride off on the horse to the sunset, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Let me tell you this, what if I told you that uh, cowboys back in the day, they weren't, Heroes. They were actually slaves. They were actually some dumbass hillbillies, right? They were they were meant to uh to uh, to send sheep's across different states, right? So these people had no education. They they didn't even know how to speak English. Their their job was to take like you know animals to a different state and you know all that stuff. So cowboys weren't heroes back in the day. So uh not until like these little villages they decided to make these plays for uh, the the little cities and stuff or little towns. Um, and they used cowboys as a hero in that, in their story. And all of a sudden, that became more popular. Other little towns started to make more plays like that about the cowboy coming seven the day. And honestly, it's, it started become really popular. Like, oh, now we have a bunch of plays and we have a bunch of movies. That's why we have uh, westerns now. It made it, westerns made uh, cowboys the hero in the story. You know, what if we could do the same thing, but with Mexicans, yeah. with immigrants? Now the whole thing is uh, turned uh, on its head now. Now we look at immigrants and Mexican-Americans as the hero in the story. And maybe uh, 16 years uh, down the line or 20 years down the line, we look at Mexican-Americans as heroes now. We look at Native Americans as heroes to America. Let's change the perspective due to the power of storytelling. And I think oh, it's a powerful awesome. thing out there. I think so about- that's my purpose. That's what I do what I do. Yeah.
0: Before the podcast ends, I have this last question for you. Go for it. Well, first, what can they find your your movies, where can they find a little bit more about you and who you are?
1: Awesome. Well yeah, well I'm on, I'm a little bit on everywhere. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Snapchat, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, but you know, Munchies One O Four, uh that's always been my 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 title, my username for every single thing. Though okay. <laughs> as I mean they People ask me I'm like, "Where did you get the, the name Munchies at?" Because everybody tells everybody, "That's my name." Everybody calls me by Munchies. But honestly, I don't really freaking know. Like, I know other Ramones, and they told me, "Yeah, my family calls me Munchies too." Maybe it's a Ramone thing. Maybe. Where like in Mexico, where they call you know Ramones Munchies, who knows? <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, I'm on Instagram Munchies one o four. My my production company is called Nine Hundred House. Um, it's on Instagram, too. We have our own website. It's in the link in the bio, don't worry. Got You'll it, get got it, got <laughs> it.
0: Awesome. <laughs> but, and this is my last question is, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Legacy.
1: I want to change society. I want to I want to change the way how uh, we look at, you know, people. I want to tell more stories that need to be told that they're, right now, the Hollywood can't do it because it's all politics. Whatever can make the most amount of money. That's why I don't like uh, asking money from investors, because have, they, have, they have creative control, because they have the ones with the money. I want to build my own capital and build the stories I, I, that need to be told in this day and age. And I believe story can change the world. So I want to change the world with my stories. Oh,
0: beautiful, bro. Beautiful. <laughs> Loved it. I, I thank you so much one more time for being on here. Thank you so much for making time to appreciate be part so of much. this project. And man, it, this is awesome. It was a great interview. Awesome. I got you. to know a little bit more about you. And guys, make sure that you go and follow this guy. Um, Major things that he's accomplishing. Huge guy. uh, Kind, loving. And beyond all that, he's someone that wants to make a difference on this world. And I I truly empower his vision. I truly am proud of who he is and who he's going to become. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.